Hello everyone and welcome to the Unanswered Questions True Crime Podcast. I have spent hours and hours investigating this. He basically told her that people have been killed. Journalists, independent investigators, people like that disappeared. It frightened her to the bone. There's more to the story than meets the eye. There were rumors of torture and homicide and sexual abuse, all sorts of egregious, horrendous crimes. He was polygraphed three times. Each of those three showed evasions. His resumes were a skeleton of truth. He was mad at the world, and particularly mad at the government. The study that he commissioned that described a fictional terrorist attack. If people have died over this, it means you're getting close to the truth. You don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to say, what the fuck? Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of my new podcast, Unanswered Questions, where every week we'll endeavour to discuss a mysterious unsolved case that has many lingering unanswered questions. So I hope you enjoy and as always leave me some feedback on what you think about the show and rate it as well. Now on to the show. This week we'll be talking about The Monster with 21 Faces. Now, The Monster with 21 Faces was a name based on, and I'm going to butcher this name, Itogawa Rampo's fictional villain, The Fiend with 20 Faces, which we'll go into a little bit later in this podcast, used as an alias by the group responsible for the blackmail letters in the Glico Morinaga case in Japan, sorry if I get that name wrong, in 1984. Variations of the name's translation, including the mystery man with the 21 faces and the phantom with 21 faces, have also been used in articles and books featuring the case. Now we get into the kidnapping of, and I'm going to butcher this name, Katsuchiya Izaki. At around 9pm on the 18th of March 1984, two masked men armed with a pistol and rifle, later assumed to be toy guns, used a key stolen from the home next door to enter the home of Izikai Glico president Katsuchiya Izaki. Though the company sold everything from ice cream to hamburger meat, they were best known for sweets such as puckin puddings, pocky chocolates and glico caramels. They boasted that their products were made with health boosting oyster glycogen which would promote a stronger populace. The home next door belonged to Katsusha's 70-year-old mother Yoshi and was located on the same property surrounded by a brick wall. The criminals had broken into a home and tied her up with a cut telephone line. They retrieved the key to her son's home, which had a security system installed. Having entered the home of Katsusha Izaki, the two masked men tied up his wife Mikaikyo, sorry I forget that name wrong, who was 35 years old at the time, and his eldest daughter Mariko, seven years old at the time. Makikyo offered the men money and one of them responded, quote, be quiet, money is irrelevant, end quote. After cutting some telephone lines, the two masked men located Katsuchi Iazaki, who was bathing with his other two children, Yakaiko, four years old, and Itsuro, 11 years old. I'm sorry if I get all these names wrong, I'm bad with pronunciation. Katsuchiya Izaki was abducted naked from his home and taken to a warehouse in Ibarakai, Osaka. Three days after his abduction, Izaki was able to escape his captors after breaking free from the ropes they tied him with. However, he was unable to identify the culprits or provide police with any clues as to their motivations. Several weeks after Izaki's abduction, the group set fire to several vehicles at the company's headquarters. Then, on the 16th of April 1984, a plastic container full of hydrochloric acid was found inside a Glico company building in Ibaraki, Osaka, the same city Izaki was held captive in. Now we come to the letters. First off, we have the letters to Izaki Glico. On the 8th of April 1984, the Monster of 21 Faces sent a letter to police saying, 
and this is the English translation, quote, The Japanese police fools, are you stupid? There's so many of you. What on earth are you doing? If you are real pros, try catching me. There's too much handicap, so I will give you a hint. There's no fellows in the Izaki's relatives. There's no fellows in Nishimoya police. There's no fellows in flood fighting corpse. Car I used is grey. Food was bought at Dai. If you want a new info, big for it in the newspaper are telling you all this you should be able to catch me if you don't you are tax thieves shall i kidnap the head director of the prefectural police end quote now while the letter told police the color of the vehicle they had driven while kidnapping izaki as well as the supermarket they had brought the food used to feed him during his captivity these clues provided little assistance to authorities meanwhile the monster 21 faces also sent letters to the media taunting police efforts to capture the culprits behind the scare an excerpt from one such letter written in and i'm going to butcher this name hiragana and with an osaka dialect reads dear dumb police officers don't tell a lie all crimes begin with the lies we say in Japan. Don't you know what? Another letter sent by the Monster with 21 Faces that was received on the 23rd of April was sent to both Senkai and Mainchi newspapers as well as the Koshian police station. It read, and I quote, To police fools, you shouldn't lie. If you lie, you steal. I also sent this to the Koshian police. Why are you lying? Don't hide things. Why are you complaining? You guys are having such a hard time, so I'll give you a hint. I entered the factory from the side staff entrance. The typewriter we used is PAN Writer. The plastic container used was a piece of street garbage. Monster with 21 faces. End quote. On May 10th, Glico began to receive letters from a personal group calling itself The Monster with 21 Faces, named after the villain of Edogawa Rampo's detective novels and also translated as The Fiend with 20 Faces or The Phantom with 20 Faces. The monster claimed to have laced Glico candies with a potassium cyanide soda. None of these poison candies were ever found. However, Glico pulled its products off the shelves at great expense, resulting in a loss of more than $21 million and laying off of 450 part-time workers. The monster with 21 faces threatened to place the Tampa products in stores. And following these threats, interestingly enough, a man wearing a Yomuri Giants baseball cap was caught placing Glico chocolate on a store shelf by a security camera. A security camera photo was made public after this incident. And by the end of the ordeal, Glico reported a total decrease in sales of nearly $130 million. Eventually, the monster stopped contacting Glico, and on June 26th, issued a letter saying, and I quote, We forgive Glico, end quote. However, the monster then turned its extortion campaign on Moringana and the food companies Murodai Ham and House Foods Corporation. Now we get into the letters to Moringa. After ceasing its harassment of Glico, the monster of 21 faces began targeting Moringa, another confectionery company and food companies, Murodai Ham and House Food Corporation, with similar criminal campaigns using the same alias. In October of 1984, a letter addressed to Mums of the Nation and signed by the monster with 21 faces was sent to Osaka news agencies with a warning similar to those sent to Glico. It stated that 20 packages of Moringa candy had been laced with deadly 
sodium cyanide. After receiving this letter, police searched stores in cities from Tokyo to Western Japan and found over a dozen lethal packages of Moringana choco balls and angel pie before anyone was poisoned. These packages had labels such as, quote, danger contains toxins put on them. More tampered confections were found in February 1985 for a total of 21 lethal sweet products. On November 1st of 1984, a threatening letter from the monster of the 21 faces arrived at the Tokyo home of Moranga Diri Vice President Mitsuo Yamada. Quote, to President, you saw our power, didn't you? If you disobey us, we will destroy your company. You will get killed. Decide whether you want to give us money or do you want to see your company destroyed. Tell us in the Mainichi newspaper on either the 5th or 6th of November. Use the missing persons. Use these words in the reply. Jiro, Morangana, mother, police, bad friend, money, meal. As we said before, we want 200 million yen. Monster with 21 faces, end quote. Morangana responded on November 6th to the criminals by placing the missing persons advertisement in the Mainichi News Morning Edition, quote, Dear Juro, bad friend disappeared, come back, warm meal is waiting, mother Chiyoko, end quote. Two letters from the monster of the 21 faces were sent to House Foods on November 7th. Furthermore, Morangana and company was forced to reduce its current production by 90% that day due to the poisoning. Now we get into the major suspects in the case. The first we have is the person that's known as the videotaped man. Following threats by the monster of the 21 faces to poison Glico confections and the resulting mass withdrawal of Glico products from shelves, a man wearing a Yumuri Giant's baseball cap was caught placing Glico chocolate on a store shelf by a security camera. This man was believed to be behind the monster with 21 faces. The security camera photo was made public after this incident, but he's never been identified. Then we come to the fox-eyed man. Police did get close to the suspected mastermind of the monster with 21 faces. However, on June 28th, two days after agreeing to stop harassing Marudai in exchange for 50 million yen, about US $210,000, the monster arranged for a Marudai employee to toss the ransom money onto a local train heading toward Kyoto when a white flag was displayed. An investigator, disguised as a Murati employee and following the drop instructions of the monster, spotted a suspicious man observing him when he was riding a train to the drop point. The man was described as a large, well-built man wearing sunglasses, his hair cut short and permed with eyes like those of a fox, hence the name. When the white flag was not displayed, the undercover policeman and the fox-eyed man both disembarked from the train at Kyoto Station, and while the investigator waited on a bench, the fox-eyed man continued to observe him. The investigator later headed back to Osaka, and the fox-eyed man boarded another car in the same train. When the investigator then disembarked at Takasuki Station, the fox-eyed man boarded a Kyoto-bound train, and another undercover investigator tailed him from Kyoto, but the fox-eyed man eventually lost. Now we come to the Shiga Prefecture incident. Police got a second chance at the Foxside Man on November 14th when the monster group attempted to rob the House Food Corporation of 100 million yen, about US $410,000, in another secret deal. At a rest stop on the Mission Expressway near Otsu, investigators saw the Foxside Man wearing a golf cap and dark glasses, but again he evaded capture. The cash delivery van they were tailing continued to head toward the drop point where they were to drop the money in a can under a white piece of cloth. When the delivery 
every van reached the drop point, the white cloth was there, but the can was missing. As a result, the investigative team was ordered to withdraw, believing that the drop was an evaluation by the monster of police presence and response. However, an hour earlier, a patrol car from the local Shiga Prefecture Police had spotted a station wagon with its engine running and its headlights off. The station wagon was also sitting less than 50 metres from a white cloth suspended from a fence. Unaware of the secret ransom drop, the police officer drove up to the station wagon and shone his flashlight on the driver, revealing a thin-cheeked man in his 40s wearing a golf cap over his eyes and, more telling, a wireless receiver with headphones. Surprised by the policeman, the driver sped off with the police car following him pursuit until the station wagon lost him. The station wagon was later found abandoned near the Kutsatsu station and had been discovered to have been stolen earlier in, and I'm going to butcher this name, Nagao Keikaio in Kyoto Prefecture. Inside the abandoned car was a radio transceiver that had been eavesdropping in on radio communications between the police officers of six prefectures, including Osaka, Kyoto, and Kobe, the prefectures of the drop point. Also discovered was a vacuum cleaner, although no evidence could be traced back to the monster group. Following the blackmail campaign on house foods, the monster then turned its sights on Vijaya in December of 1984. In January of 1985, police released the facial composite of the fox-eyed man to the public. In August 1985, after continuing harassment by the monster with 21 faces and the failure to capture the fox-eyed man, Shiga Prefecture Police Superintendent Yamaoto killed himself by self-emulsion, which we'll come back to shortly in this podcast. Then we come to the third and final suspect, that being Manabu Miyazaki. Following the release of the Identikit in January of 1985, the Tokyo Metropolitan Police quickly identified the culprit as Manabu Miyazaki, labelled as Mr. M or Material Witness M. Miyazaki was suspected of issuing a 1976 tape declaring support of a local union in a labour dispute with Glico that bore similarities to the numerous declarations of the monster with 21 faces. There had been numerous whistleblowing incidents between 1975 and 1976 that were also attributed to Miyazaki, which highlighted Glico's dumping of starches and other industrial waste into the local river and drainage system. Miyazaki was also suspected to have been involved with the resignation of a union leader over accounting irregularities when Glico Ham and Glico Nourational Foods merged. In addition, his father was the boss of the local Yakuza group, and Miyazaki himself bore a striking resemblance to the fox-eyed man. Speculation had gone on for months that Miyazaki was the fox-eyed man until the Tokyo Metropolitan Police police checked his alibis and cleared him of any wrongdoing. The resulting notoriety caused Miyazaki to become a social commentator and he wrote a book about his experiences called Topomono. The Tokyo Metropolitan Police also suspect that various Yakuza groups had a hand in the Glico Morinaga case. The end of the blackmail campaign occurred around the time of the Yamaichi War, the mob war between the Yamaguchi Gumi and the Ichiwakai. In addition, Japanese National Public Safety Commission investigated extreme left-wing and right-wing groups as possible suspects. I am very sorry if I get any of those names wrong. I'm very bad with pronunciation, so do forgive me, listeners. Now we come to the final message and aftermath of this case. First off, we have the death of Superintendent Yamoto and secession of letters. Unable to capture the suspect, believed to be the mastermind behind the monster with 21 faces, the police superintendent Yamoto of Shiga Prefecture died by suicide by self-emulsion in August of 1985. Five days after this event, on August 12th, the monster sent its final message to the media. Quote, 
Yamoto of Shiga Prefecture Police died. How stupid of him. We got no friends or secret hiding place in Shiga. It's Yoshino or Shikata who should have died. What have they been doing for as long as one year and five months? Don't let bad guys like us get away with it. There are many more fools who want to copy us. No career Yamoto died like a man. So we decided to give our condolence. We decided to forget about torturing food making companies. If anyone blackmails any of the food making companies, it's not us but someone copying us. We are bad guys. That means we've got more to do other than bullying companies. It's fun to lead a bad man's life. Monster with 21 Faces. End quote. After this letter, the Monster with 21 Faces was never heard from again. The statute of limitations for the kidnapping of Katsuchiya Izaki, president of Glico, ran out in June of 1995, and the statute of limitations for the attempted poisonings ran out in February 2000. At one point, it was even estimated that over a million police officers had worked on the case in some capacity, or another over the years, chasing down more than 28,000 tips and investigating nearly 125,000 persons of interest. However, no suspect was ever charged. With that, this case remains open, but with many unanswered questions, it still remain unanswered. Please rate this show and let me know what you guys think about this and the many other cases I've covered. You can follow me on all major social media platforms, YouTube, BitChute, Dailymotion. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Links are all down below in the description. If you have a case you'd like me to have a look at or cover, don't hesitate to send me a message. I'm your host, and this has been the Unanswered Questions Podcast. Until next time. Next on unanswered questions. The Paris gun was the name given to a type of German long-range siege gun, several of which were used to bombard Paris during World War I. They were in service from March to August of 1918. 